This talk was given by Ron Hogan Green Sensei at the Zen Center of New York City. Hogan Sensei is a lay teacher in the Mountains and Rivers Order and co-director of ZCNYC. This talk, like all of our talks, is offered free of charge. If you'd like to make a donation or find out more about the temple's retreats and residency programs, visit our website at zmm.org/ccnyc. Thanks for listening. This is an important ceremony. We do one a month during Ango, the, each of the three-month training periods um, that we have twice a year, um, which is an intensified period of training. Um, and just, you know, explaining Fusatsu is a fool's errand. I mean, the, I, th- I hope the ceremony speaks to you at some level itself in its uh, beauty and even if you may not understand the specific references to the Buddhas, I think we all understand atonement, um, good and evil to some extent, um, and um, the personal responsibility of stepping into our own actions. Uh, in, in Zen, the emphasis is on um, cultivation of um, samadhi, which really comes through Zazen. Uh, it emphasizes uh, wisdom, the non-duality of awakening, and, and then the living out of that, which is through um, the eth- ethics and moral perspectives, the precepts. Fusatsu addresses the last, although it rests on the first two. Um, how do you live in a way that... Um, that upholds um, the true goodness of your, the depths of your being. And so it's a specific ceremony. It has a number of pieces. I'm not going to go through it. Uh, there are other fusatsus where we do. There'll be another one next month uh, by Hojin Sensei. So that's just a brief overview. This Ango, we're, we're studying... Uh, from different perspectives, a, a, um, a chapter from Dogen's uh, um, Shobogenzo on uh, not doing evil. And um, that's the first pure f- precept, refrain from doing evil. And the second is uh, do wholesome action, do good, in other words. And the third is do wholesome action for others. There are various translations of that. Uh, But I want to take a look at um, doing wholesome action this evening. And so what is wholesome? What is doing good? Uh, What does that mean? And, you know, this is intended to function in the relative world. Uh, So this has real meaning. What does it actually mean to do good? Um, And one perspective is... It's what encourages us uh, in the action, in the support of helping us and helping others embody our humanity, the fullest aspect of the humanity, our humanness. In terms of practice, this is to awaken. The the goodness is based on Anuttara Samnaksambodhi, the the awakening of the Buddha, uh, and that's inherent. That is your body and mind. That is your inherent nature, is that goodness. And this is not theoretical. 
This is actually what happens, can happen through practice and, and through realization is um, a deeper and deeper connection until it becomes us uh, to, to embody um, our zazen, our samadhi, our wisdom, and the conduct, the way to live that comes out of that. So evil, the, the, the reference to the first pure precept, don't do that. <laughs> Just don't do that. <laughs> uh, it does not inherently exist in spite of what you may see in the world. Uh, it has to be created, and that you can see in the world. You can see that creation of that. Um, goodness is the inherent nature of the universe, of you. Of you and the universe is the same thing. And yet it has to be enacted. It has to be functional. Not created as something new, because it isn't new, but manifested out of your own life, out of your own wisdom, out of your own practice. So it's doing. It's actively doing. It's not a passive thing. Uh, So Master Dogen in this chapter says, Wholesome action, again, that's a a translation, Uh, doing good, um, is a manifestation of one of the three natures, good, bad, and neutral. So in every action, we have the perspective of uh, doing it for good, doing it for bad, evil, and doing it for neutral, which usually just means we're asleep. We're not even aware of the, the options. In other words, we have choices to manifest good or evil, or, you know, my kind of pejorative term for neutral is uh, numb and dumb. You know, it's kind of ignorance, which is how most of the world runs on. Ignorance. Ignorance of what is a good question. Their true nature, your true nature. And so when we're living in ignorance, or out of thoughtlessness, or out of greediness, or out of desire, or demand to be right, or demand of our perspective over anyone else's perspective. Um, We can easily do neutral or unwholesome, again, evil actions thoughtlessly, without any awareness that we're doing something that is harmful, uh, just by the nature of our lack of awareness. And so we're not looking at the impact of our actions on ourselves, let alone others. We're just doing what we're doing because of these powerful forces of desire, of demand uh, to foster what we want, to avoid what we don't want, or to be asleep, to sleepwalk through our, our life. The world, this world, your body and mind, is inherently whole and complete. And yet, Dogen says, although there are many variations of wholesome action, There is no wholesome action that is already actualized and waiting for someone to practice it. It ain't like that. It has to be actualized. There's no waiting here that is meaningful or helpful in this relative world. Waiting is really a form of evil, of being asleep. You know, one definition of evil from a Buddhist perspective is not inviting or allowing or encouraging <coughs> excuse me, the full humanness 
or the full being of other beings. It doesn't necessarily have to do with humanness. Uh, all beings, sentient and insentient, are included in that. Uh, so we can do evil to rocks, mountains, streams, and look, we are, as a society, as a world. We're definitely doing that, big time. So when Dogen says this, he's speaking from this relative world of you and I and good and evil actions. He's encouraging us to be aware, to wake up to the ongoing infinite possibility of wholesome action. Right here, right now, right in front of us. And by implication, to be aware of unwholesome action right here, right now. And to, you know, from a Buddhist perspective, to be ignorant of our true nature and not to practice seeing into that is unwholesome. It will cause suffering. It is causing suffering. Now, obviously, we often cannot live completely in an ongoingly uh, in a way that is always fostering good, fostering wholeness in any particular moment, no matter what our intention is. We will not do that. We will forget. That's part of our humanness. And this is worthy of consideration. You know, have you ever, within the realm of practice or outside the realm of practice, said, seeing that a thought or a a way of speaking or an action causes harm, perhaps to yourself, perhaps to others, and you say, I'm not going to do that anymore, and what happens? We do it again, so often, almost inevitably. So mind control is not usually that helpful. It's somewhat helpful. It's a, it, for me, it's a reminder that I continue to do what I think I should not do and what I know is not helpful. And I have to look deeper and find a way that I have to look to the source of it. Because the psychological control of not doing that that is so harmful doesn't seem to work, even when it's determined, at least most of the time. So in an action that arises out of this ignorance, in an action that harms, within the practice, there are ways to practice these actions. And this is crucial. And in doing so, and stay with this, and in doing evil, and in being aware of that, and a simple way of, do, of understanding doing evil is being separated and not caring, not investing in that, being apart, using your mind as justification to be apart. Let's say at work, I don't like this work, so I'm just going to kind of do it, but not really, you know, in a, in a subtle sense, fake it, or in relationship, or in however. Um, when we turn towards that with awareness, with an acknowledgement of repentance, that's how we opened this evening's ceremony. All evil actions ever committed by me, I now atone for. So in turning towards the actions that we do, and when I say actions, actions in Buddhism that causes karma is actions of the body, actions of words, speech, and thoughts as well. So when we turn towards them with awareness, with an acknowledgement of repentance, perhaps not in such a formal sense as we have tonight, but 
you know, maybe instead of a full formal fusatsu, what I call a mini fusatsu, you know, a mini moment of repentance that's a flash and yet acknowledged, oh, I did that. I did that again. I'm sorry. And then we can acknowledge our unhelpful deeds, our unhelpful thoughts, and turn those towards the practice of actualizing good by our very practice of acknowledging. By that very practice of acknowledging, we can turn what we do that is harmful, that is not helping ourselves and others, that exact action, thought, word, deed, towards the good. And that's why repentance is so powerful and so important. You know, I, I realize for, for some of us, it brings reminders of a Christian perspective, of particularly a Catholic perspective, of um, the confessional and the abuse of the confessional service. But it doesn't have to be that. This is, this is us taking responsibility for our words, actions, and deeds, and our thoughts. And so there's, there's a, a mystery, almost a magical perspective of being able to take the harm that we've done and with awareness, with some sense of uh, repentance, remorse, um, acknowledgement, and gratitude for the ability to see that and turn it and humility, of course, towards a, um, a wholeness and a willingness to be open to it. And, you know, in that little moment, our life is changing. There's a karma being created by, by that sense of that that's very different than the karma we all day long perhaps create by our thoughtlessness and our being asleep and not acknowledging what we're doing. And what I'm describing is not a fix. Uh, this practice is, is about not excluding anything we do or say or think from our awareness. Not excluding anything. And the desire to awaken has implications beyond our small sense of our being and our measured effort that may, we may assign to it. We, we just can't know and don't know the effects of turning of turning towards doing good and away from doing evil. And yet those effects are enormous. The ripples spread and are still spreading and will spread forever. It's the nature of reality. It's the nature of the karmic seeds that we plant and water by this turning, by this acknowledgement of the evil we do and the coming back and the, to life. Dogen says, at the very moment of doing wholesome action, there is no, there, there is no whole, wholesome action that does not come forth, which is a, another way of saying what I just said. What, the very moment that you do something that is wholesome, it reaches every place. It's not bordered by any thought or conception of it. It has no boundary. And we cannot know that. Because it has no boundary, we cannot know that. If we knew it, it would have a boundary, our knowing. And yet, it's observable in interesting, subtle, and profound ways. 
particularly we see it in others. So when I see other beings, particularly those who've practiced, not necessarily Zen Buddhism, but who've led a spiritual life, and some people just, that's just innate too, but for most people, they've really and deeply practiced to lead that life and see their interactions with other people, with other beings, with other creatures, and how that reflects their, their understanding and their insight, it affects me, let alone the beings they're interacting with. So there is no boundary to this. It ripples throughout our being and the beings of others. And even if these actions are not visible to our eyes, they're karmically powerful. I mean, look at the karma just of the great religious figures we know and how that has radiated through space and time. And yet, for each one we know, there are thousands, hundreds of thousands that we don't know. And that's why we have that figure there, because the history written by men within Buddhism itself leaves out so many women, so many others, which may not be women. I was just interested to learn that the great revolutionary general Pulaski, I don't know if you heard this on the news, so the Pulaski Skyway. Um, So he was a Polish general who... um, was a key essential contributor to the Revolutionary War. He advised, how did George Washington become such a good general? He he didn't know that much about being a general, but General Pulaski did. So they exhumed his body very recently. Guess what gender she was? Interesting. Very, very interesting. That's the embodiment of good that she had to have in order to live as a bodhisattva. So it ripples. It ripples through space and time. It's one of the key reasons you can be here today in a Buddhist temple in New York City. So there is no boundary. What would be the mind of no boundary? Where would there be a thought of wholesome action? So Dogen says there is a principle that views of wholesome action vary in the world. The views define what what is wholesome action. It is just the same as all Buddhas in the past, present, and future, expounding Dharma. Buddhas expounding Dharmas while they are in the world is just time. They expound non-discriminating Dharma according to their lifespans and dimensions of their body. So let me break that down, because this is important. This has to do with you. You know, what is wholesome action? It's difficult to pin down. I gave kind of a general definition, but in the specifics of our life, it's difficult to say. But Dogen says it's just the same as all Buddhas in the past, present, and future, expounding Dharma. Yet each Buddha in the past, present, and future, each of us practicing and doing our best to awaken and to do good, is different. And the circumstances of our life are different. Just as for each of the Buddhas of the past, present, and future, their circumstances are different. Our circumstances are each different from each other and from every other being, unique to you. And yet each of us is doing wholesome action and becoming a Buddha body. That's the point. That's why we hold this ceremony, to remind us that we can do wholesome action, that we can manifest our Buddha body. 
and you know we're so trained to be critical to be self-critical that 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 inherent critic within our brain takes whatever we do and criticizes it and demolishes us in the process we're trained to do that and also there's a lot of study that shows that our mind tends to concentrate on on bad things i mean look what we look at when we are on the web to look at the headlines uh, and where, where we tend to go. Within the specifics of our time of life, because that's what Dogen was pointing, Buddha's expounding Dharma while, while they are in the world of just time. They're in the wor- relative world. You're in the world of just time. This time of your life, your lifespan, this moment, they expand non-discriminating dharma according to their lifespans and the dimensions of their body, the dimensions of your life. That's how you expound the goodness that is at the heart of your being, in the specifics of your life, in the abilities that in some ways may seem limited by time, place, circumstances, work, relationship. And yet we've already talked about how they're unlimited how the ripples of doing good expand endlessly. And we will not know that. Maybe a little. We might get a glimpse. And that probably isn't too healthy for our ego. Wholesome action does not arise, Dogen says, due to causes and conditions, nor does it cease due to causes and conditions. So here he's pointing at the mind of doing wholesome action. Is it the mind that says, yeah, I'm going to do some wholesome action today. Where can I find wholesome action to do? Where can I find wholesome thoughts to, to, to think, wholesome words to say? Well, that's already falling into non-wholesome actions. That's already separating yourself from the circumstance. That's already creating space. So he's, he's pointing at something when he says, does not arise from causes and conditions and does not cease from causes and conditions. What is the mind that does not, that thinks and acts not from causes and conditions? It's the mind of wholeness. It's the mind of not two. And yet it's not, not the mind of thinking just one. They may be thinking, but it's not stalled in this or that. It's not stuck. The thinking is simply the thinking of the flow of reality moment to moment. There's awareness. There's a deep functionality. And this only comes out of practice, real practice. Ongoing zazen. Buddha, your inherent wisdom. Dharma, the teachings of the Buddha. The law of reality. And sangha. Comes out of your efforts. So in the non-duality of this, how can there be cause and effect? There is just what there is in that moment. There's nothing you can say about that. Already I'm saying too much. This being so, nevertheless, there is cause and effect. It just, in this wonderful way, has nothing to do with our Buddha nature. So Dogen says, causes and conditions, as well as wholesome actions, equally begin in completeness and end in completeness. No boundary. Not two, not one. Well, what is it exactly? Where's the boundary of completeness? Where's your boundary? What's the boundary of compassion? What's the boundary of wholeness? What's the boundary of your heart? And yet, 
you have cognition, awareness, consciousness, the ability to discriminate which one coming forth from wholeness does good, is good. I hope you heard what I just said, that there is an ability to discriminate coming from wholeness and seeing that things fundamentally are of one whole body manifesting as you, 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 me, this, that, life and death. That's the manifestation of the wholeness. Because of this, doing good is an action, an act that arises in and of itself in the mind of Zazen. It's only in Zazen that you can forget yourself. Forget yourself, I'm speaking in a particular way. Forget yourself in, from the perspective of true wisdom. So Dogen kind of summarizes this. He says, although wholesome action is due action, it is not self and not known by the self. It is not other and not known by other. In knowing there is self and other, in seeing there is self and other. Thus the vital eye of each, the vital eye is the seeing that transcends seeing, the hearing that transcends hearing. It's non-dual. There isn't someone seeing something. The vital eye, the vital eye of each is within the sun and within the moon. This is due. Doing. At the very moment of doing, the fundamental point is actualized. Yet it is not the beginning or the end of the fundamental point. It is not the eternal abiding of the fundamental point. Should this not be called do, doing, action? So he's pointing at the wisdom of wholeness, of non-duality, that does not ignore self or other, but does not rest in self or other. He says, discernment by this vital eye, this non-dual perspective, understanding, insight, is not the same as discernment by something else. And this is important. It's helpful. It's necessary to do good things. Yet Dogen is pointing at doing wholesome action as whole. Something that doesn't lodge in doing good as opposed to doing evil. There's no opposition here. It's completely whole. In Sishin, a couple of weeks ago, I gave a talk on which I spoke of doing evil as completely whole from the perspective of awakening. Now, that's challenging to wrap your head around, but it's true. Nothing can be excluded from this. Nothing. And I've already spoken this evening about how, from a practice perspective, we can take doing evil and turn it, turn towards it, turn towards the wholeness of it, and it becomes doing good. So he says wholesome action is neither existent nor non-existent, neither form nor emptiness. It is just do, or the word I would use is just act, complete, whole in the act. Nothing excluded. Nothing, not a single thing is excluded. Actualizing at any place or actualizing at any moment is inevitably due. The due always actualizes all that is wholesome action. Although actualizing due is the fundamental point, it is neither arising nor ceasing, neither causes nor conditions. So please do not set out to act from 
as self-centered, as a measurement of, of a good perspective. We can't set out to do that. We have to set out to see what is present, to see who we are. And even setting out is already too strong. We have to do, we have to see in the midst of our zazen. We have to be whole in the midst of our zazen, in the midst of walking down the street, in the midst of blowing our nose and scratching our ear. Whole. And in that seeing, when it's helpful to see other and self, to see that, let's see it as whole. So please do not set out to act from self-centeredness as a measurement of good, yet do not ignore the karma of doing good without appropriate considerations. We have to consider the circumstances that we're in. That's called skillful means, appropriate circumstances. What is the best action? We're in the relative world here, all of us. What is the best action? And sometimes the best action is not what we thought it will be or was. And so we act on that. That may mean an apology. It may mean just acknowledging that and learning. We're all doing the best we can in this relative world. There are no magic cookbooks. There are guidelines. That's what we're talking about here. But there's no right versus wrong. If you're stuck in right, you're wrong. If you're stuck in wrong, you could be right, depending on your practice. Or not. So do not, do not ignore the karma of doing good without appropriate considerations. Some acts require that consideration. But in that act, let go of self and other. With that consideration, let go of self and other. And where then do you find yourself? Thanks so much for listening. To find out more about the monastery's programs, weekend retreats, and residency, please visit our website at cmm.org.